Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. What's happening? Hey guys, what's up? Hi. <laughs> Happy hump day. You're supposed to say it back. Happy hump day. Oh, oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Happy right. Wednesday. Right on, right on. All right, so we are uh, uh, here with another episode of uh, the Influence Factory, and we have an interesting guest coming up today that's going to talk about user experience. So yeah. uh, not, you know, this is about the experience. So this is something we haven't covered but it has to really do with uh, influence if you think about it in terms of your credibility, your persona, and how people leave once they've uh, sort of interacted with any of your websites or devices or things like that. So it's going to be a cool show. So remember, uh, Kate, um, where do people go if they want to interact with you on social? Yeah, play with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag Influence Factory and Got Influence. And actually, um, our engagement winner from last week, Lori Crane, who I think is actually Lori Shalil, who's in the building again today. Uh, she tagged us on there. So awesome job. Way to engage with us and make sure that you're playing to win those prizes. Yeah, right on, right on. So uh, nice job, Lori. Good to have you back on with us. And we have uh, people piling in the room as we speak right now. So let's uh, let's rock and roll here. So remember to uh, maybe turn over your cell phone unless we have you reference it or your live tweeting. Uh, close your email, take some notes, and uh, you will always learn something cool and fun. <clears throat> Those of you that are new, uh, we have a questions area in the uh, GoToWebinar taskbar. So please type your questions. And today's social question is, I don't know where you're located, but we're here in Chicago and we've had a lot of rain lately. Kate, did you notice it was raining the last few days? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I noticed the rain. <laughs> I didn't have to fill my pool. That was the good news. So, you know, my pool's automatically <laughs> filled, but we do have to dump extra chlorine in there. But so when you have a rainy day, you know, so and uh, what is what is your favorite thing to do? So like you have a rainy day outside. And you're just like, oh, we were going to go do this. But what what do you do when it's a rainy day? Type that into the questions area of the GoToWebinar taskbar. So, Kate, rainy day, what do you love to do? I want to see a movie. Oh, so you will go out. You don't, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go see a movie in the theater and it's dark and get some popcorn. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I like that. Jackson, how about you? Um, you know me, I my answer for anything, a good day, a bad day, rainy day, sunny day, it's all, it's always Netflix. It's always Netflix. <laughs> it's never not Netflix or sometimes it's Hulu because I'm catching up on shows. Uh, oh. yeah, so that's, that's always a good one too. Amazon prime. They got a couple good shows on there. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Ken says he likes to think great thoughts. So, uh, Ken, that means you're working on your next great book, as Kate would say. Uh, so, uh, Lori says, cuddle up on the couch with a book. Uh, Netflix is a close second. There you go. So, what's your favorite show on Netflix? Well, that's a piggyback question. Sounds like a lot of people in here are binge watching Netflix shows. Kate, what's your favorite show? Um, Orange is the New Black is one of my faves. Oh, cool. Jackson, okay, I have to ask you. It's got to be Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is really good. It is not on Netflix. It's on Hulu. 
So if you're going to watch it, I'm going to you know give this plug right now to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They just switched over from Fox. It really hurt me because it was actually canceled, and NBC swooped in and saved the day. And now they're coming back for, oh, is that a seventh season now? To uh, a sixth or seventh season to um, – NBC, so that's really cool. I'm an NBC guy. I burned all my Fox, uh, you know, uh, souvenirs. It's, it's funny though, you know, as we talk about social media and influence, how when uh, we saw the show cancel, there were some other shows that had some changes of actors. I don't want to go into that right now, but the whole thing is that, um, uh, you know, watching social media blow up when a, the announcement of a cancellation. And, you know, I was thinking to myself from a business perspective, and then we'll, we'll get on with a few other things here. But, you know, I wonder if the people that are bidding for those shows, because they have to pay for those shows, uh, they're bidding for those shows. They watch the response on social media, not necessarily the viewers, but how much the audience cares for them. And I, that's got to be an impact of NBC going, let's grab that show, you know, so um, – you know, like Lori says, you know, the social listen to them, you know. So anyway, that's just what I'm thinking. It's like we're going to, you know, we're going to take this off the air and people are like, no, I promise we'll watch it. And does that create more people even wanting to watch it and then somebody paying more for the show? So anyway, I'm putting that out there. I don't know if anybody knows. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's 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 all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So don't forget, members sign in. We always have new classes and all kinds of cool things like that. <laughs> Lori says Fox. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Lori said Fox destroys the things I love. All right. I tweeted that too. I tweeted that and tagged them. They just they deserved it. Meanwhile, enough. we love Social Jack. Let's make sure people get into the academy and download the latest classes. So. Uh, that's super cool. Oh, and we have some events we're going to talk about. So stay tuned to your messenger inside Social Jack. And if you guys want a few free passes, we're going to be offering some, uh, I would say, in-studio passes. You'll know what I mean here in a minute. So 2018 Summer Alliance, July 17th, 19th coming up. Uh, man, that sounds uh, close, doesn't it? Uh, we have, uh, so here we go. So this is the first time you guys are going to hear this. Landing pages will be up by tomorrow. It'll start promoting next week. So stay, now listen to this. Influencer Frenzy Networking Event. How to add influencer marketing to your next event. New hacks are going to be revealed. So we have some special guests that we're going to announce. So if you want to know how to add mobile to your events, uh, influencers to your events, social streaming like what we do, if you want to know the ins and outs of how to do that, we're going to have a live simulcast here in Chicago from Social Jack headquarters, and we're going to be broadcasting to the world, but we're going to allow a live studio audience, but we can only have 50 people. So if you guys want in on that, you have to let us know so we can save you a seat or two. Uh, so just go ahead and uh, type that in. Jackson will track who wants a seat. And of course, we will send you guys a message first, our loyal listeners and members, and then it will go out to the general uh, public all over social media. But please stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. So if you deal with anything related to events, or you just want to come out and have some Lou Malnati's and some craft beer and wine and uh, and I heard that um, one of the sponsors, 
uh, is are the same people that make all these famous pastries at Mariano's. Mariano's is here in Chicago. I don't know if they're everywhere, but they will um, they will be making special pastries just for this program. So just what my diet needs. Uh, all right, so save the date, blockchain virtual event. We are going to be doing a four-hour blockchain event and a four-hour social media strategy summit summit event. Save the date. The afternoon of Tuesday, July 24th, uh, these are all central times, 1230 to 430. And then SMSS virtual event, uh, that's not 8 p.m. That's uh, that's not good. So this is uh, technically they're 12 to 4 people. So um, I think you have our production times in here, Jackson, but people can show up and help out with production. But save the afternoon of the 24th and 25th. If you know people that are interested in blockchain, it'll be four hours of guests and panels. And Social Media Strategy Summit will be the uh, use a lot of the usual suspects uh, on there. All right. <clears throat> Kate, you excited about that one? I know I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a blockchain uh, junkie. Oh, my gosh. I was, no, talking I, about, about it. <laughs> I was talking about Social Media Strategy Summit. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. Always excited about SMS. I know. I, I the blockchain. I was like, that's a little, uh, that one's a little above my head. And I want you and Jackson and actually everybody else, if you have a, a special guest that you want us to shoot for on any one of these programs that we're running, we sort of have an influence in some of them. Uh, let us know who you want us to bring back or see, and we will actually feature uh, those people. So super cool. All right. So I guess we got some news today, right? So uh, I don't know who's covering what, but you guys jump in. So LinkedIn releases a new tool to highlight how your skills matched advertised positions and this goes with contract work or employment work jackson fire away yeah so i thought this one was really cool so it was basically if you're looking for a job in the linkedin uh your job search they actually have a new mobile app where it's completely separate from the linkedin app so if you do it if you're looking for a job make sure to download that app as well uh, next to the job description, though, there's going to be a scrollable area. If you, uh, Dean, can you zoom in a little bit on there? On this one, okay. Yeah. So if you uh, if you see in this little screen grab that they shared in this article, it's right next to here. There's uh, the skills right there. Yeah, with the green checks. Um, you'll be able to scroll through that and basically see how you. Uh, apply like how your skills match up with the skills required to uh, apply for this job so it'll say you know zero to five years experience required and it'll say okay yeah you meet that you meet that goal this is a good fit for you and it basically grades the match it matches you up with these things and it shows how well you're gonna do at this job so th that was really cool and uh, some tips that this article gives you is uh to keep your skills fresh, that's a big one. Keep your skills fresh and constantly updating because there are skills that you know we lose and there's skills that we use all the time and there's skills that we gain along the way. Let's say you no longer use something anymore, you haven't used it in years, it's outdated, you just take that off and you can add in the new ones that you need. If you're not adding new ones, I would keep those old ones though. Yeah. And and don't forget, put your top 
three skills for whatever contract work uh, or, or employment that you're looking to get. Put those, pin those at the top. We showed you how to do that a few weeks ago, but make sure you do that so that people will recognize you. And then how many people on with us today actually go for B2B contract work? So you're a contractor or you look for contract-based engagements. I think a few of you do that. <clears throat> so in that world, a lot of people use this jobs section to look for contract work as well. It's a very good B2B sales uh, thing. So you can sort of look where people are uh, trying to fill positions. And even though you're not in recruiting, you could be in a temporary service or project that you could provide for that company. So it's a huge opportunity board as well. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention real quick is, you know, update your location and the uh, add, add your education. Updating your location, as it says there, it makes it 23 times more likely to be found in a search result. So right. if they're searching for people in the Chicagoland area and you're in the Chicagoland area, but you don't have it specified in your LinkedIn account, you're not going to show up as high in those results or at all sometimes. I mean, it depends how far out you're. Uh, uh, location is listed. Uh, another thing is adding your education. LinkedIn uh, is saying that if you uh, add your education and they don't really mention it in here, but uh, adding descriptions under your education is a right. big thing that we press for, which you can pack in keywords uh, in your description as what well, like which will boost you to the top of search results because there's more times that your keywords are appearing, which Dean always says uh, at least 10 times for your top keywords should be in your profile. Yeah, and, that, and that includes locations. So make sure if you're looking in the Chicago market or you want to be found in the Chicago market, add the word Chicago uh, or Chicago metro area, Chicago area, Midwest into your profile because that will yeah. count. And, and basically the more details you pack in there, the more likely you are to be found in search results. And back to Kate with the news. So, <laughs> well, speaking of B2B, the second article, B2B marketers and how they can unlock the potential for their brand. So if you're listening to this um, at the recording or, you know, if you're on live, I really suggest you go back and read this one in the follow up email because it has a lot of really good information. Um, it's kind of like a blog article, actually. It's about an event that the writer attended. So LinkedIn was celebrating B2B marketing week. Um, like two weeks ago, I think this happened. And so if you were following that hashtag, you saw a lot of B2B marketing tips and this has a link to them. So you might want to check it out. Um, but there were a couple major takeaways from the article and from the panel that I wanted to touch on. And the first one we've really been talking about since we got back from Social Media Strategy Summit, and that's to make B2B marketing more human, humanizing the customers and the clients beyond just the job title, right? You want to humanize the brand and the content. So we're bringing the social back into social media and it touches on a lot of ways you can do that. Um, also on the list is embedding a purpose in what you do and communicating right. the purpose. So not posting just to post, you have a strategy, right? <laughs> I was trying to figure out what you were saying. Well, um, because because we do this for people. So what part of our influencer is it's always like, what's your purpose? Why do you love what you do? You know, yeah. what drives you? What's your oxygen? Those are some of our interview questions. I'm like, yes, I love this. 
Absolutely. So posting with a purpose is going to help drive brand awareness and eventually bring business. And then also on the list is to break the structural stereotypes. So when marketing teams better align with the other parts of the business, they tune into the priorities and the sales targets, and that's going to help you um, make faster decisions, make an easier process. So you just want to break out a little bit. It doesn't need to be the same recipe every day, the same way to post. So really, really good article helping B2B marketers market themselves because that's a whole different thing you have to deal with, right? Yeah, right on, right on. So if you guys are uh, listening live with us today, and actually when you're listening to the recording, just take one and work on, you know, this very one like today, you know, so be more human. That that would be uh, look like having a conversation. And I'm going to talk about hashtags in a minute. But having a very specific personal conversation with your audience and not pretending that there's 300 million people on LinkedIn, but who's the number one ideal target sitting across from you and, and humanize and personalize your posts, make it feel like um, you're actually talking to a person. And I'm telling you, it will increase engagement or embed purpose in all that you do so that people, not just in your summary, but they feel in your writing, in your speaking, in, in everything that you do, that there's purpose in there or break um, structural silos. So you want to sort of, you know, differentiate yourself as well. So uh, all cool stuff. Thanks, Kate. And thanks, Jackson, for that. So real quick, I'm going to do a, a poll here. Um, and this has to do with growing your influence. Um, so we're going to talk about some things uh, real quick uh, in this lesson. We're going to have a quick lesson that we're going to bring Randy on. But um, a lot of times, you know, on this poll, you can click on the uh, daisy or flower too. It'll bring it up and you can click on multiple things here. You know, we have an influencer development program. If you're looking to uh, have access to that 90 day program, just click on that button. Signing up for flash classes. Uh, you guys are usually in all in on that press release SEO if you want to get to the top of Google. But the newest thing on the list here is our influencer our event influencer marketing program and most people don't know that we uh, actually have this because you'll see us at events you'll see us filming and streaming uh, having fun and we're going to talk about this at our workshop coming up here or our networking event training event here in Chicago <clears throat> but it's um, it's it's very cool and it's very uh, effective as well so real quick let me uh, cover hashtags and then we'll bring uh, Randy on so um, one of the things that is uh, super critical, or I would say super important, uh, uh, I'm gonna jump to my screen here, so uh, is the fact that you understand what the use of hashtags are, are designed to do. So in hashtags, um, you can now search in your content. And for those of you that weren't on uh, our last flash class, we covered this. But uh, you can actually go in here and search on certain hashtags. So I can type in uh, hashtag, um, I'll just use um, marketing just as an easy one here. So if I type in hashtag marketing, uh, or yeah, let's just do hashtag marketing. So uh, you'll notice that when you go to search in LinkedIn, uh, it automatically goes to content. And you can see who, not only who is uh, posting things with hashtags in um, marketing, it connects you to a whole network of people that are using hashtag marketing. We talked about keywords and things like that, but it's important that you understand that you're attaching yourself to a trend. And then you can also see people that are posting these things 
uh, what other hashtags could you use? And and you'll notice that one of the tactics, uh, I don't approve of putting like 20 hashtags in. We usually try to stick with about three or four. But um, you'll notice that it's all under the message here. So you still want to have a human conversational message, but putting a hashtag in connects you and attaches you to what people are looking for. So they're looking for good articles, they're looking for good shares, and they're looking for good people. And we want that person to be you. That, that they find. So remember, don't forget the hashtags, at least one, two, or three as part of your uh, post, uh, as part of your content, and make sure so that you can get indexed. And now what we're finding is this is getting indexed on Google as well. So you're getting not just the inside uh, juice, but you're getting outside connection and juice as well. And then everybody knows you can connect this to your Twitter account and it works even uh, better if you uh, work with the two platforms. So uh, so that's a big lesson uh, for today. So uh, uh, have you guys been using hashtags? I just wanna hear yes or no in the uh, questions area. So we're gonna bring on uh, Randy Ellis. Um, he studied uh, ballet and drama. Uh, DJ for Red Bull uh, North America. So uh, that's fun. We're going to hear about that. Uh, created a poverty disruptor app called uh, Chip In. Uh, has over 400 apps on his iPhone, which just blows me away. I, I can't keep up with the four pages that I have of apps. Uh, created a startup in 2013 that focused on local Chicago fashion boutiques and is really our um, UX uh, uh, specialist out here. So, uh, Randy, welcome, uh, welcome on the program today. Good to have you on. Hey, Dean. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me with the uh, social Jackians, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it looks like you're in a familiar office there. So, uh, you're, I think you're. Oh in yeah, my... yeah. I rented out this place. This is my new uh, co-working <laughs> space right here. So, uh, right on. The, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It comes complimentary. So, uh, so it's interesting. So, um, so, you know, everybody always wants to know sort of the story. So right now you're this, uh, you're a keynote speaker, you're a, uh, you're a UX specialist, which stands for user experience. And all of us are looking to create the, the very best user experience, but, but, there, you know, how did you get here? You know, and so, you know, on your bio here, it shows you studied ballet and drama. So maybe just take us that through the Red Bull story. And, uh, you know, I know part of it, so I know it's an exciting adventure, but just tell us a little bit about you. I want to know about you. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> I know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm young, but you know, it seems like, you know, a lot of things. That just I go, I'll, cu I'll, I'll, I'll cut you life. if I need to I'll get go with it. <laughs> just go, I'll just cut you if I need to get music if you can. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in terms of you know starting off with uh, ballet and 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 uh, drama, I went to uh, the SCPA, which was in Cincinnati. It was a school of creative and performing arts. You know, my mother definitely, you know, thought I had a creative bone in my body. So hey, why don't we uh, have him do the paraway or or you know put him in some uh, leotards or something like that? Let's see what <laughs> if he can do it with that. And it was the wrong choice, but I had fun. You know, but after that, uh, you know, I just I just start I, I decided that technology and 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 art was definitely where I, I I would start off at. So from there, I I did a number of things. I I started getting into web design, and and for me, like a lot of people that I teach in class, because I I also teach user experience at General Assembly here in the Chicago campus, um, is that a lot of people say, well, when did you start? And I say, well, I'm dating myself here, but do you remember Macromedia? And if anyone remembers Macromedia, 
Yes. That was before Adobe took over Flash and Dreamweaver and Shockwave. So those were my days where, you know, you get the whole suite of software and I'm not going to say how I got it, but, you know, you just had your ways of, of learning the craft. And after that, I, I it just it blew me away. I, I started going down this path of doing web design for mom and pops in the neighborhood. They, you know, a clothing store on the south side of Chicago, you know, they needed a website done and I needed to get my experience up. So I, I decided to do that. That's super cool. And then, um, you know, and so I would imagine uh, working for Red Bull, you and I were talking a little bit and we remember, uh, most of us remember, I think it was 04 to 07 or somewhere in that time frame, where you just couldn't turn anywhere and you could you did, you saw the Red Bull, you saw Red Bull cars, trucks, um, sports stadiums, just everywhere so talk about a sort of an you know an infusion based marketing campaign what was it like to be part of that uh it was real interesting it, it, it came through just out of the luck of just associating and networking with people and and this is definitely a good place to definitely push your users to be comfortable with networking but how red bull red bull happened is uh you know we just started seeing a lot of action and we reached out to them we we built a relationship and then they say, hey, we saw you DJing in a, in a particular club. Do you mind wanting to, you know, work with us? So I did things with, with them, the Flutog, uh, where they would jump, they'd create these uh, devices or these flight devices and they launch them off into the Lake Michigan. Uh, but most notably from my time with Red Bull is that we did Leap Year back in 2008. And it was very unique for me because I don't know if any other DJ has done this, but I actually threw a party on a train, on on the actual what? CTA train. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was it had its quirks. Don't get me wrong, it had its quirks because every time the train would switch the third rail, the power would go out, so the music would go out as well. So I had to, <laughs> I had I had to switch to my uh, to my to my iPhone at the time, you know, to keep the party going. So I couldn't use the turntables anymore. Uh, bonus points if anyone can find uh, the YouTube video of that. Bonus points if they can find that. I don't know. I have to figure out a prize that I can send to Dean or something. But it it's, it, it it exists. <laughs> That's well. Lori says that in Louisville, she had uh, she had the Red Bull ferries that would go around to different bars and hand people products. It was awesome, and I remember even on the street. So what's interesting to me is that they used like guerrilla marketing and digital marketing and traditional marketing. Like I remember, like like I said, you couldn't go anywhere. You know, I'm I follow auto racing, and so it was all over auto racing. So I just I just thought it was interesting, like. How did they? How did they do that? So they must have had a ton of dough behind them to actually, uh, you know, generate that engine, if you will. You know. Yeah, it was a tremendous push, and I yeah. think one thing that how how Red Bull definitely associated or or they became one with society is that they did real things. They did things that people actually could embrace and say, hey, I do that on the weekends. And here it is, this multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar corporation doing something that I have interest in. So they they made it something approachable and less friction. Yeah. And, and that's something that we're definitely going to talk to, you know, when we start talking about user experience and how those things tie in. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, you then then jumping forward a little bit, you and I talked a little bit about uh, cars.com and everybody that sort of revolutionized or changed. A lot of people know we have car dealerships in our family. And, and I just remember the Internet changing 
everything related to car dealerships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my start was more entry level position. And, and when we talked earlier, I was uh, we were the coordinators. We were the inventory coordinators at the time. So when a salesperson was on the road and, and they got a, a order, you know, for so many cars to be put on the site, they will send us the form and we will put it into the system. So we were kind of like the web data coordinators of, of the site. And uh, the, the, the salespeople would pound us they would say is my order done yet is my order done yet I'm like wait a minute there's like four million other forms that we have to fill out but in terms of of cars.com here in chicago it was pretty much the technological gateway for anyone that wanted to start off in technology here in chicago i can't name not one person that that did not go through cars.com if they wanted to get a start so you know we we owe them a lot in terms of them fueling or being the adrenaline shot for a lot of people that started off uh, here in Chicago technologically, because uh, that's where I started at, uh, you know, with my technology career. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So how many people uh, that have uh, on uh, that are live with us today, how many people actually have gone to the internet before they go to the car dealership? I'd be surprised if it isn't 100%, honestly. Um, yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody says I do, I do, I do. Yeah, for sure. It's like crazy. It's just, and, and even though I still love going to the car dealership because I'm more of a touch person where I want to drive, uh, the vehicle and I want to know things. I still want to know ahead of time, even if I'm going to a family dealership. So, but Lori says she yeah. goes to the internet before she does anything. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that, that's the way we browse. That's the way we window shop these days it's 21st century window shopping you know that is our view into the world and and there's no denying it you know definitely i, I like the the experience of going into the store and actually seeing I, I was planning on buying a pair of headphones last week and the ones that i had my eye on i said okay well i can buy them on amazon but i want to see if these are actually quality so let me go into the store and lift them up see if they can fit in my bag you know do things like that because it's real world applications that supply to that and I got the headphones. I was like, no, that's those headphones are not for me. So I'm glad I did that rather than having to go through the hassle of returning it uh, to Amazon, even though Amazon has made it a lot easier to return. If you know the, the stores, they have dedicated stores where you can return and pick up stuff at. So they're making sure. it easier for online shopping day by day. And and just so you know, Lori, who, who's been winning a lot around here lately, found the video. So, uh, Randy, you owe uh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Yeah, Yep, yep. So maybe okay. maybe 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 she wins a uh, UX <laughs> consultation or something like that. How about you know? There we go. Yeah. I, I, hey, I'm all for it. We're all I'm all for it. We definitely we'll connect got you. Some, uh, we'll connect you two up, and you figure it out. But she put the video right in here, so she's got it. So, um, that's oh funny. no, oh no. I know, I know. Hey, listen. So. You know, as we're talking about cars.com and Red Bull and all these things, you've developed a sort of a passion for uh, UX, for helping people with uh, creating the ultimate user experience. So tell us, um, just just tell us, what, what does that mean? You know, first of all, for those of us that don't understand UX, what does that mean to yeah. us? Uh, I get that question a lot. And over the years, I, I have one remark or I have one statement that kind of works for me. Uh, and I adjusted depending on the audience, but you know, for the social jackians out there, I'm sure everyone is smart, but I'll still give this remark. It's mapping human behaviors to create a great, great web experience, not only for digital consumers, but also for businesses as well too, because we strike a balance 
between what business goals are because businesses love making money, of course, and then you have user goals that want intuitive experiences. So you have to meet those. You just can't have one side way more than the other. So what we do as user experience engineers or designers or developers is that we find, well, we ask the question, what will make this person's experience better? What are their pain points? What are the things that they are struggling with on an everyday basis? User experience, we focus on real world problems. We don't create problems and then try to find a solve for them. We actually say, hey, how is this person struggling with this particular device uh, or this particular website or the checkout process? How can we make it easier? How can we make it simpler for them so they can do less thinking and more action? Yeah, I like that. I like that. So. Um, one of the things that comes to mind or I think about in terms of user experience, um, so does it apply, you know, we do a lot of campaigns with landing pages and we do a lot of event pages um, and then there's the main website and there's social media and there's, uh, there's, there's, you know, mobile apps and things like that. We have a mobile app. So as we, as we look at all this, where does, where does the user experience matter most? Um, Honestly, there's no really accurate area. I, and user experience evolves around everything. You right. know, I, I like to say that because yes, I want to stay in business. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you you definitely want user experience not to be something that you just drop ship into a particular life cycle of your product or service. It should be at the beginning, right when you start developing your idea, because you have to start off with what is it that I'm trying to solve for my audience, for my demographic, for my consumer. Uh, and if that's not being met, then you have to definitely create other hypotheses and, and validate those through a number of strategies that we do in user experience, such as getting out the building and, and, and talking to people. Uh, Steve Blank uh, is a pioneer. He's the grandfather of the startup process. So uh, the name is how it sounds, Steve Blank. You can look him up and he definitely gives you a step-by-step of how to use the startup process to go out and find the true value. Because if you can solve a problem for someone uh, from day one, they're not gonna hesitate in opening their, their wallet. They're gonna say, hey, this saves me time, it saves me money, um, how much? Um, it's only when you are not, and when you're forcing that square peg in a round hole that you get people to be hesitant and, and they wanna haggle or they wanna say, well, I can find Johnny down the street that can do it for free. You know, that's when you're trying to force force an issue. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, so, so with that, um, you know, as, as our team is listening in, we have Kate on social and influencer marketing. We have Jackson uh, deals with event pages and landing pages. Uh, Joe and his team are websites and landing pages. Um, so so those, those people that are on with us today that are listening in and wondering, well, how can I, you know, first of all, why does user experience matter? You know, how does it affect the bottom line? And then what are some things I can do to be better at that? Uh, well, I'll start off with a perfect example. We all know Amazon, right? Amazon is everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Oh, man. Uh, in the early days... In the early days of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, guess how much he dedicated to advertising in the beginning? I'm really? asking you, Dean. Yeah, yes. No, I'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> the fact, yeah, I'm thinking about like for, uh, 
you know, for Amazon, you know, it's interesting, no matter how I try to buy something, I always wind up at Amazon and that has to be by yeah. plan. And I feel, and, and the other thing is, is I don't, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily as encouraged by my experience, but I literally noticed that it's, and I've said this before, it's its own social network. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. I, I, I look at all, all the people's reviews. If there's a th something that's not reviewed, yeah. I'm questioning right out of the gate. And so for me, it's become a social experience, not just a user interface experience. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> she, yeah, so, we even have a comment where somebody says they're they're they enjoy talking to customer service, they love it so much. <laughs> yeah. You rarely you know, hear that, man. You, <laughs> you you rarely do. You rarely do. Uh, but to go go back to you know, in the early days of, of Amazon, he spent zero dollars on marketing and advertising. If you go back to 1999, 1998, you didn't see an Amazon billboard. You, know, you see them now because they can't help it but to expand and grow and scale. Uh, but he dedicated all of his dollars, all of his time and effort into the customer experience. The thing about social media networks and places like Amazon is that they don't want us to think too hard. Um, yes, if, 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 if we have to think too hard, then it is it's not a helpful experience for us. The checkout flow, the one-click buy, uh, the one-tap setup, they want us to get in and get out because they need those metrics in order for them to make a better personalized experience for you. So um, I always like to tell people, I know Facebook is not the topic, but we have to step back and realize like how much intertwined Facebook is in, in our lives, and that was done through user experience by being able to understand people's behaviors, their habits. And then that data is then kind of transferred and, and, and distributed out to other people. So then more personalization can be um, figured out and, 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 and tailor made for us. So while Facebook is doing amazing things, there's also some things of saying, hey, uh, if it's free, you're the product. That's what I always like to tell people. That's, that's the Facebook mantra. Uh, so, uh, with Amazon, when you go through the checkout process, uh, it, it's, it's seamless. You know, they don't want you to think about, oh, should I buy this? Should you, you know, should should I wait until the next pay period? Should I save up for this? They're like, no, we want you in. The moment you yeah. add it to cart, they're sending you other deals. They're sending you other recommendations so they can keep you hooked. That's amazing. So um, you you alluded to this early on, but I'm always curious like where do um do they study your emotions you know like how you feel i mean do they go to that level and should we go to that level as small business owners and people that are responsible for experience how do you how do you even quantify that or measure that uh i would say the beginning steps for any small business is to have human to human interaction you know yeah. we have the channels b to c and then b to b I like to say it's H to H. It's human to human interaction, especially when you're a small it. business. So you 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 have to be able to go out and talk to people and say, tell me a story. Tell me about this particular time where this has happened. And you just sit back and listen to people. We're all about stories because things make sense by telling it in a story. So if small businesses can start off there, 
then you can possibly graduate depending on how much success you have in, in your future with your product or service. Then you can start graduating to eye tracking or virtual reality or artificial intelligence. But it, it's you can never beat being able to sit down with someone over a cup of coffee or over lunch and say, hey, tell me about this point in time in your life where you had to solve this problem and you couldn't because of X. Right. And then you just take that you take that information and you go back and you build a better mousetrap. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And you know, what's interesting is I know, you know, sometimes I'll drive the team nuts and Kate's probably going sometimes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be like, did we pick up the phone? Did we talk to the person? Because I guess it still drives me nuts how with all the technology advancement, and I'm in technology business. I, I must have about 20 cables in this room here. Uh, so I'm plugged into something somewhere all the time, you know, whether it's my device or whatever. But it's like at some point, I think there needs to be a balance where we're, like you said, almost uh, speaking to the human to human aspect of this and, and understanding from their voice what matters to them? You know, are they, you know, how are they feeling about what we're doing? Are they excited about this? You know, what's, what do you think about that? Yeah, just to echo that, a lot of times when I speak to students or they come into a class, a lot of them think that we're going to be drawing boxes and squares and triangles on a whiteboard and finding some way to connect them through some type of magic, um, you know, theory or some type of magic UX thing going on. Um, right. But it's not the case. We start off in our classes by doing research and we do interviews. We we come up with a problem statement after the problem statement. We validate that problem statement or we refine it. So there is a number of steps that we actually take through our course to make sure that when a student is going to be with us for the next 10 weeks, they are actually working on a project that one, they are passionate about, and two, it can be validated because they've talked to a person that has experienced those those pain points in their life. So it's almost kind of like, wow, this problem is it's not unique, but the competitors are not doing what they need to do on their job. So let me go ahead and see if I can leapfrog their innovation or leapfrog their process, look at their bad reviews and see what I can fix in their bad reviews and then make a better product or service out of that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, you know, I was just thinking about this as I'm looking, you know, I'm constantly looking at our um uh, is uh, I'm just laughing because sometimes people put funny comments in here, right? So, uh, and please ask questions. Don't just make comments uh, to our crowd out there, you guys. If you have questions about this, is this fascinates me because I think about our our own uh, experience, and sometimes I think we fall into sort of checklist and task. You know, just as small business owners, everybody's busy. Busy. You know this uh, for yourself as well. And so we'll fall into this and I'm like, got the landing page done, check, got, the, got this done, check. You know, we did these posts, check, but we're not, we're not stepping back and actually determining what that feels like to the person that has to use it. You know, it's almost like, um, it's almost like, you know, they tell you that half the programs in the world, half the problem with them is they're built by engineers. They're not, they're not built by, you know, with the user in mind, you know, and it still blows me away yeah, in today's yeah. world that that happens, you know? So what are you seeing out there yeah. in the rest of the world? Well, one thing, Dean, you're, you're not alone, you know, from a small business owner to a medium sized business owner to a major conglomerate that that is the world leader in consumer goods 
packaging. Uh, they do a lot of uh, leapfrogging of the process of talking to cu customers, especially when they're building a product. It's okay to have focus groups. It's okay to, you know, definitely do surveys and, and get those types of metrics that can help you push you in the direction. But it, it never uh, gets away from me that once you build something and you spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and you don't test it, you don't test it with the actual people. You may test it, you know, through QA, uh, you know, with the dev team overseas or something of that nature, uh, or you may do some own, your own rogue form of testing. But people leave out the fact that, okay, let's set some scenarios for these users. Let's give them some instructions and then step back and, and, and see how they get confused or how streamlined the process is and take notes on that because that's vital. That's vital. Uh, information that a, a corporation or a small business owner can use uh, when they're releasing a new product or they're just starting their business. How easy is it for them to contact us? It can be straightforward with you because you built the website and you know you're kind of like you're close up on the uh, on the, uh, the the problem and you don't see it. But the moment you sit back and you give this to someone, you say, "Hey, can you find the contact us button?" and then the the person that would use it will say, well, I, I don't know where it's at. I'm, I don't know where to start. <laughs> that, that gives you a, a, a huge gold mine right there. So it, it never stops for me to say, hey, before we build this product, let's validate it. And then once we validate it, we build and then we test and then we learn. And then it's a constant loop. You know, you continue to iterate. Uh, another thing that I express to people is, never go into it with the intentions of hitting a home run right off the bat. You know, you can be, a, you know, McGuire, you can be Sosa. I'm not much of a sports person, but, you know, whoever is the hot home run king out here so, these so days. So you can, you, can you, you can juice up and put cork in your bat. <laughs> exactly, all that stuff. But then there's one of the swings that you miss. You right. know, so yeah. never go into building a product or service thinking that you're going to hit a home run. It's an iteration. It's a step by step. It's an evolution of your product in the beginning. You're going to start off. Um, Jeff Spool, he's uh, he's definitely one of our uh, pioneers in the UX world uh, of human computer interaction. Uh, he said, no one is ever going to like your ugly baby except you. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we may see a, a ugly baby in public and we say, oh, that's that's a great kid right there, you know, but we never complimented on his look because that's your baby. You're going to think your baby is the best. So, yeah, your 1.0 version of your website or your 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 app release or service or hardware is going to is going to be ugly. Uh, I show a lot of early on prototypes of the first Apple iPhone and it looks like a Zoom. <laughs> Remember the Microsoft Zoom? It, oh it looks gosh. like this. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the early prototypes of the Apple first uh, first phone in, released in 2007 looks like a Zoom, and it's clunky. is is horrible. But Apple had to take the necessary steps to evolve and iterate their process to get to where of what we see today. Crazy. Do you remember the first version of Windows? Holy smokes, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So Jimmy, uh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, yeah. we're gonna take a couple of questions. I can't believe how I'm gonna start getting flashbacks. <laughs> we're almost out of time here. Goodness. Um. So, uh, Jimmy Z asks. He goes, uh, what are some easy ways to test some products? He goes, Facebook book ads can get a good sample. Are there any other good ways 
to so sort of get that sample or you know from the test audience um there's a few websites one website is 99 test or test 99 uh, that's a good solution for you to go out and get some people to actually test your product um there are a few other ones that escape me right now but i can definitely get back to dean and, and give you an addendum of that in the future but try test 99 and then you know just good old-fashioned talking to friends and family to like really from an unbiased standpoint really helps as well too because I, I try to tell people stay away from friends and family because they kind of give you the, the push regardless of whether they like their product or not they love your ugly baby even though they know it's ugly uh but it, it, it never stops to, to reach out and talk to those people so check that website out and then also talk to friends and family they can help you as well yeah, and I'd say, I'd say, you know, I always say people that you trust are going to give you an honest answer, you know, so maybe clients or, or people that, you know, you collaborate with too, you know, that are closest to the target, you know, I think that's, yeah. uh, that's a good thought too. So um, as we, as we look to wrap up here, uh, what are, you know, if you were going to uh, just give sort of your three top pieces of advice so that we can all have a better, you know, think about or at least hold conscious the um, uh, user experience for all of us out there. You know, what's what are three top takeaways that, that you have for us? Uh, I think that was the theme throughout our whole discussion is test. Uh, never assume. Uh, three, I, I, well, two actually is uh, n never think you know all the answers. There's never going to be a situation where you think you know it all. Uh, and that's that's just with the approach of business. You, you never want to say, hey, I think we've caught lightning in the bottle because that rarely happens, you know, in right. some cases. Um, but then you don't get comfortable as well, too. And that brings me to my third point. Don't get comfortable because uh, I've seen it with a lot of the companies that I've consulted for where they get into a position of, oh, you know, we we're, we lead the pack. You know, there's no sense for us to continue to innovate. And then that's when good old technology catches up with them and says, hey, you you're you're kind of six months behind. And that's like doggy and doggy it's like 20 years or something like that when it comes to technology so you have to always want to innovate you have to always want to put yourself in an uncomfortable position to say okay well what is it that we're not doing how and and and, and, and what it is that we're not doing what can we find out about that and does it fit our business does it fit our culture yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we have your, uh, uh, basically, you know, your uh, Twitter handle up here on the screen. Uh, I am Randy Ellis. And if there's, uh, uh, where do you want to direct people if they want to, you know, maybe talk to you more, talk to you further, and we'll put this in the in the email that goes out to everybody too. Uh, yeah, these are perfect channels to reach out to me. Uh, you can definitely email me at hi, Randy, or actually, hey, Randy. At fivehat.com. Yeah, I yeah, saw hey that. Randy at fivehat.com, and that's the number five, I V E H A T.com. 
Got it, got it, got it. Perfect. All right. Well, hang on with us because we're going to announce a winner here uh, from today's program uh, that uh, we always get somebody that's engaging with us uh, that because we know that engagement is the secret to all of this. Uh, and then we're going to do a little bit of wrap up. And then uh, we do have a polling question up and I'm glad to see it. It says, are you a business influencer to our audience? And we have 100% yes, because remember that each and every one of you are uh, an influencer uh, in your, you know, in your own way, in your own world. It's just your choices. How are you influencing? So we always want everybody to own that influencer-ness, if you will. Right, Randy? So there we go. So welcome, ba welcome back, Kate and Jackson. How are you doing? Pretty good. good. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> That's okay. How's the uh, how's the internet channels going on? The Twitter channels out there, Kate. They're still tweeting. <laughs> yeah, everyone was playing with us online. Everyone liked what Randy had to say. Really awesome. Good. Yeah, no, I think it's something that we often overlook. Um, and so uh, I think it's important for us to hear it, but it's also important for us to, uh, you know, to, to think about that human to human factor. You know, I think uh, that was, you know, again, one of my biggest takeaways is to flip the whole thing upside down. And, and when we're looking at something that we're building or developing that someone's going to come in contact with, how would we feel using that? You know, ja Jackson, Jackson, you deal with a lot of landing pages and events. What about on your side? What's coming up for you? I just, you know, I you know, double, triple checking everything. Every, You know, everything he said, it was like, you know, just even things that I thought about prior to this, they're just coming back up, you know, like things that I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't thought about that in a while. And the biggest thing was, you know, just making sure it's, you know, user friendly because I'm always going – you know, and I actually, I cheated a little bit. I was on your website as well. So I was in, and the headline <laughs> says uh, something along the lines of, you know, not just eye candy, but like, you know, user friendly. <laughs> and, and that's an awesome thing. And I, you know, I always go, oh, this looks awesome. But how user friendly is it? You know, that's what I need to, you know. Exactly. Really, I need to find that nice. Yeah, balance, a lot so. of my students. A lot of my students that come through the 10-week course, you know, they expect it to be some type of design competition. And right. I shut that down right away. I say, you know, we're not here to make things look pretty. We're here to make things intuitive, friendly, and just it's, from a performance standpoint, it makes things easier for people to achieve. You can have the worst design on the planet. Uh, there was a, uh, a student that went through the class. He made a, a restaurant app and he did not have a design bone in his body, but the functionality made sense and he passed the class. You know, he was one of the best students from there. He got he got what he came for. That's awesome. Yeah, that was, that was the biggest thing that came up for me. And I'm glad you brought it up and that I kind of cheated and it was on your website. But yeah, it was awesome. So what's well, OK? He has one more view today. So that he loves that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It all works. And also for, for the listeners and anyone that happens to be in the Chicagoland area, please reach out to me if you ever want to talk about getting into the, the world of UX from a career standpoint. Um, we've influenced, we've, we've pushed people, hundreds of people through General Assembly uh, to start off. I mean, people that did not know anything about UX to now they're in senior positions, they're interning at some of the top agencies here in Chicago. So it's not a problem for me to sit down and say, okay, well, what's your path? What is it that you want to do? So please email me, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. I, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. 
Right on. So everybody in the audience, type in one takeaway from uh, our discussion today on user experience. What are you going to look at differently? What are you going to change? Kate, how about you on social media, Sid? Um, well, I really like that human to human, that H2H. I'm definitely going to have to preach that. But um, I cheated, too. I researched Randy a little bit before we brought him on. But it's interesting to me because a couple years ago, I didn't really know this was a career field. And at Wild Adventures at the theme park, we experienced a lot of this with the website. We got to custom build our website a lot. And so we got to say, like, we, it would be cool to have this here. It would be cool to have this here. And then we'd get feedback from people who were not inside the organization that are, like, from outside standpoint, this looks bad. So um, that kind of opened my eyes to what UX is. And so I really enjoyed having you on. Yeah. But you yeah. tested. That was a good thing. You, you <laughs> tested it. Yeah, we that's, asked that's people, right? We, we took your tips without yeah. even hearing them. Look at that. Right on. Right yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. So Jackson, tell us about next week's guest, Andy Crestedonia. He's basically world famous, but tell us a little bit. Yeah, this guy has a, a huge following on Twitter, and he, uh, yeah, j I mean, Twitter alone is a huge following, and his so other social platforms, another huge following. Uh, just some quick facts about him. He's uh, CMO and co-founder at uh, Orbit Media uh, Studios. Uh, he was listed on uh, Forbes Top 10 Online Marketing Experts to Listen to in 2015. And then again in 2016, uh, he was listed in Entrepreneur Magazine, top 50 marketing influencers. So this is the Influence Factory. We bring on influencers, and he was, you know, published as an influencer to listen to two years in a row. There we go. He's all. He's also. He's also a mentor at the number one incubator in uh, the United States, which is 1871. Uh, and his topic for next week, what he's going to talk about and discuss what you guys can look forward to is analytics, uh, Google analytics, as well as, uh, you know, just right. analytics on your content. So yeah. make Which sure to tune in. People ask yeah. us all the time about social media analytics and Andy's going to touch it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and just yeah. so people know, he's our go-to person whenever we question analytics, so uh, so sort of that whole thing. So uh, we asked everybody what their one takeaway was, and it seems to be the human-to-human -human thing. So, Jackson, in terms of our engagement winner today, who uh, who is it? Uh, so it was close. It was close between two people, but one person was just a little bit more engaged, and it was Jimmy Z, a longtime listener. What? And a longer time, you know, friend of the Social Jack team. And he's uh, been so, a guest on the show, too. Yeah, he's what been a guest on the show. So. Right on, yeah. right on. Yeah, All right, it's well, always fun. Congratulations, Jimmy Z. We got to get together for our coffee and turn it into a martini. So uh, there we go. <laughs> well, I think you guys were talking about Red Bull and mixing it with something earlier. But yeah, Red Bull and vodka. <laughs> okay, so we'll get Tito's and Red Bull to sponsor us. How about that, Randy? We'll go for that. All right. Well, listen, uh, thanks, Randy, again. We appreciate you. We appreciate you being one of our influencers out there and really helping us uh, understand how important it is to create that user experience, no matter what we're putting out there, and think about the customer first. So I really like that. So nice job. Thanks for being on with us. And all the channels are up there. And uh, we look forward to seeing all of you uh, next time. And we'll see you online from here. Thanks, everybody. And uh, tune in next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.